Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It has. It's a big one. Oh, it's come here to we a go. Big one. Come to a milestone one. Feels like it's finally come to this on this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think has there uh, has there been a Friday the Thirteenth since we've done this? Sometimes you can go oh, in long I, stretches. Mm, hard to tell because we know. were waiting until a Friday the Thirteenth. We were to waiting. talk about Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast, and we're going after one of the big fishes today, yeah. Friday the 13th. Yeah, like I said, we've been waiting. We wanted to not <laughs> just release the... one on like a July 27th. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I think we had the idea, and then we hit a dry spell. Like, it was like, it's been eight months since the last one, <laughs> yeah. and usually maybe you get them every like three or four months. Is that true? No, that can't be right. I feel like, you, you know... What is it? You got a one in seven chance why, of that. Why did of we the not look up landing. how often these occur <laughs> <laughs> before this episode started? We could have sounded like experts. <laughs> but I do think <laughs> three we... to four months is not accurate. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that feels very quick. No, we've definitely been waiting, biding our time, getting yeah. into the mood, making sure we've established ourselves as movie aficionados. <laughs> and then we can tackle Friday the 13th. But. We've kind of done a thing. Now's a good time. Uh, recently, where you know we've uh, recently a few years where we've gotten together on every you know Friday the thirteenth, mm-hmm. and we've only gotten together like a few times. Well, that's so, what I mean, right? The last time was maybe May, or, yeah, or even no, before I, that, <laughs> Wait, before May, COVID. Oh, May of like twenty nineteen. Yeah, I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while, and. Uh, <laughs> And so we do, we love our eliminations and our random, uh, controlled randomness. And so we just put all of them in a box. And the last one standing is the champ. The last one we watched was Jason Takes Manhattan. That was a great movie. Which was great. Yeah. <laughs> which, of course, was great. I like all the movies. Uh, I like all of them. We're, yeah. Let's, uh, well, we're definitely going to talk about the first one mostly. Yeah. Which means we probably won't be talking about Jason that much. Spoiler right. alert. <laughs> uh, a lot of spoilers going to be coming up, um, but uh, actually, we were talking about you know our past. We always do the kind yeah, of like yeah, especially when we're past. talking about like a big series. We talk about our history with it, and it's hard to even be a child who was who grew up in the late '80s, early '90s without talking about Jason. Yeah, because that's kind of the earliest memory I have of Halloween or horror is that hockey mask. Yeah, seeing that at the store or on a commercial. Or whatever it was, you know. <laughs> Jason was around a lot when he was, these movies. He's were out. He, he's an icon. I yeah. mean, I think he is probably. I would say he's more famous than Michael Myers, maybe even more so than Freddy. I think yeah. that hockey mask really translates too. Like oh, yeah. he's he he has no language barriers. <laughs> right. You can watch Jason in any language. Yeah, that's why Murder. all those that's why all those Bronson movies are successful overseas. Exactly. He hardly talks. <laughs> yeah. Can dub in everything Smart. effortlessly. Smart. Like yeah, there's hardly any dubbing on Jason. So yeah, so Perfect. that that was always like in my subconscious. Okay. And then uh it's it's one of those where you watch this original movie and it, it almost gets overshadowed by the iconic status that the series yeah, yeah. has taken on. I think I think all of us as fans of the franchise go have everybody's gone through that moment where they devalue this one. Mm-hmm. You get way more into part two or part four or part six, you know, and you start to like think less of the original. And then you go back and watch the original and realize, oh right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. This is great. This is this should have spawned something. Or you're like me, and the first <laughs> Friday the 13th movie you saw was Jason Goes to Hell, yeah. the final Friday. Yeah. <laughs> the uncensored <laughs> version on VHS at your friend's house. You had Carlos, I had Bobby. You had a bot. Okay, hold on. Suddenly it's, it's a never Bobby enters the room. It never came up. Bobby's never come up. <laughs> he never came up. This is the first. Well, I have heard of a Bobby. We never, we've, we haven't gotten to the Bobby How movies yet. How have I yet. talked about my boy Carlos 
let me watch R-rated movies in his house like four or five different times now. And then 70 plus episodes in, <laughs> suddenly a Bobby enters the story. I had a friend named Bobby. And uh, he had this movie on tape. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just been waiting a year and a half Just to hit you with that one. to break out Bobby. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. Oh man, I've never, I've known so many. <laughs> never heard of this kid. How is this dude just now coming up? This is kind of the one movie I remember seeing about. Oh, house. it was a one movie friend house. He had a few. I've had that. He had a few tapes, but this is kind of the one that we watched. Oh man! Because if you've ever seen Jason Goes to Hell, they the uncensored had version, Jason Goes to Hell. On VHS. I don't... Yeah, I think this was it maybe was the one he got through, you know, his parents wow. did not notice or whatever it was, but... Was he... A, was Bobby the kind of cool kid that had, like, a VCR in his bedroom? Or like oh, yeah, we had Super a... Super Nintendo? Yeah, he had a TV in the bedroom. <sighs> with the... Yeah, with the... Uh, both, yeah, with the video games and the VCR. Damn. But, I, didn't, uh, I didn't get that. This was the one. Everything else is pretty much PG, so there's no point in bringing up Bobby. It's not a big <laughs> deal. Don't worry about it. You don't have to worry about seeing, Bobby coming seeing in like here. Seeing like blank check yeah. at Bobby's house. He's like, I'm not going to bring that one up. Exactly. We're Yeah, we're mostly... Seeing Jason goes to hell <laughs> at Bobby's house. But there's very famously a scene that is forever imprinted on my mind and is still maybe the best Friday the 13th kill in the worst Friday the 13th movie <laughs> of the couple in the tent fully nude and the woman on top and then Jason rams a spear through the tent and the woman and then bisects her by <laughs> lifting the spear up. Let me tell you, that made an imprint on my yeah. mind. How, how old were you when you were hanging out with the uh, This would have been Bobby. seventh grade, so like 12. Okay. Yeah. yeah 1995. Uh, all right. So that movie probably came out in the early, you know, 91 or two. I think it was like 93. So yeah. that would have been about right. Anyways. So, right but, in there. The, that that's my introduction <laughs> into the franchise. That's your that's the first. Uh, but knowing you, you know knowing the mask and knowing the icon and then actually watching yeah. this movie, which yeah, is, you knew the the you knew the franchise. Oh, we all everybody. Knew. Yeah, yeah, everybody knew. My first experience with it, my first uh, introduction to Jason himself was the the Nintendo game. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, yeah, is that a terrible game? I don't remember. Is that supposed to be one of those I, really bad okay. games? So the first, this was my introduction. Okay, you, I was yeah, at a, please. I was at a slumber party for my friend Andrew. He had like a cool house in Novato, uh-huh. big, big mm-hmm. like mansion. His dad's a dentist, and uh, had like like a, like a Hesher dirtbag older brother Zach, <laughs> you know. And, uh, like, a cool older sister wow. who, like, gave us a hard time. So it was, like, all these dumb boys, like, out of this big property out in Novato. And that's where we saw, like, Monster Squad and uh, those kind of flicks. But when it was, like, super late at night, Andrew, like, we played Friday the 13th. So it's, like, all the lights were off, you know? Mm. So to me, it was actually, like, scary. I was, you know, eight, nine. It was, like, scary. So you saw this original me. one? The uh, No, the- not... No, the video game. Oh, the vi- okay. we were playing the vid- the NES game. You're watching the video game or playing the video game. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. dark and scary in this big cavernous. And it has like, the music going. Uh huh. The yeah. little the eight bit. <laughs> so that was my actual like full right. camp uh, experience. Even though I knew the hockey mask, you know, it was just kind of ubiquitous in horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it would show up in cartoons. Oh, exactly. You know, it's like yeah. Garfield wearing a hockey mask, you know, sneaking up on Odie. So it was like. <laughs> It was in the pop culture. Yeah. But the I didn't see a movie till I was like in my early 20s. Oh, wow. My first one was Freddy versus Jason. Oh, man. In the An theater. even more bizarre way to start the <laughs> franchise off. You know, I knew the franchise, but, I, you know, so I would have been probably 21 or 22 when that one came out. I remember seeing that in the theater, too. Yeah. About yeah. That time. And so I would have been in college. And, you know, that's when I was in my, like... You know, I discovered like Criterion Collection. I'd sure. taken film classes. You're sophisticated. I had seen Fellini movies, uh-huh. and uh, you know, <laughs> seeing uh, I was seeing Renoir movies. <laughs> hey. Saw the Grand Illusion here. <laughs> you know, and so I was uh, I was a 20 to 22 year old who knew 
a thing or two about what made good cinema. Absolutely. I had read books about what made good cinema. I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, you know that age. You, we, I think as film fans, we hit that age mm-hmm. where you're really like, I can understand and analyze these foreign movies a little more than I used to. Oh, Check me I'm out, ladies. Not yeah. watching this uh, Jason Statham movie in my future. You know, and then uh, you grow out to a certain point and realize, oh, everything can be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and so I think during the, that period, uh, probably shaped by people like Roger Ebert, who never really loved oh, 80s hated, horror movies. Hated, hated this Hated movie. these ones. Yeah. Will always give credit to a movie like Halloween. You know, he had, like, some very high praise for very specific, mm. understandable uh, landmark horror movies. Halloween's a pretty good movie. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Halloween's all right. <laughs> but for a movie like it's this, great. this was, like, the kind of movie that he didn't just, like, nope, not for me. It was, like, this is scum making a movie. You know, mm-hmm. like, hated this kind no, of stuff. No, yeah, this was back in the day when him and, yeah, Cisco would just be, like, these people hate women and they hate this and that. And it's a very, yeah. Yeah. They were like, don't see this movie. And a guy like Ebert definitely. And that just made uh, people want to see it even more. Right? Yeah. A guy like Ebert, uh, you know, shaped my film fandom just because we watched him on TV every week. Seemed like a trustworthy guy. And then when I was old enough to be actually reading his reviews, then it mm-hmm. was like. They're quite good. Yeah. Some of them are very, very good. Guy knows what he's He's doing. He's an easy guy to take a recommendation from. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of led me away from into different horror movies when I was watching horror. But I hit these later once I just felt confident enough to branch out and loved it. And so Freddy vs. Jason was my my intro. And then I started going back and actually watching them. And you like Freddy vs. Jason? I've only seen it the once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw it in the theater, so it's been probably nearly 20 years. And I dug it in there. You know, it had, like, Kelly Rowlands from Destiny's <laughs> Child <laughs> getting yeah. chopped. You know, it was it was kind of sleek. It was produced. Yeah, It was yeah. different than I was expecting. And, uh, you know, that's what, what immediately got me into the first one, the classic that we're talking about tonight. Uh, was the professionalism, but the cheapness. Mm. You know, it, I love the way this movie looks. This is a beautiful movie in shots. This original Friday the 13th, yeah, very much a low-budget movie. Mm-hmm. Very much feels like an independent production. Yeah. But uh, I can't tell if it accidentally just hits on all the best <laughs> horror yeah. elements of all time. Totally. Or if it does it on purpose. Because this thing has got Halloween influence, obviously, but it also feels like Psycho. It also feels oh, like yeah. the best of like old William Castle, Vincent Price stuff. Totally. It also feels like just, <laughs> I mean, and also it's a movie that has been now copied a thousand times. Sure. So you're almost wondering, like, was this the first one to do this or? Yeah. Uh, as all a, that as a film stuff. fan, you're you're just noticing and wondering about all these different things throughout the movie, and I can't tell if it's on purpose or not. I can't tell if it's if it means to do these. I things. don't know. I I love what uh, Sean Cunningham has brought to mm. to just in this iconic vision of horror. But then, whenever I think about it, it's like, what other Sean Cunningham? Do I? Yeah, what <laughs> am we, I into? Like Deep Star Six is well, that's the thing. Terrible. What do we know about Sean Cunningham? Yeah. other than yeah, the character that of, he came up with, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, I, for it, a guy who, in every interview I've seen with him, really, really knows film. You mm-hmm. can hear it. Why do I? Why do I love this movie so much and never watch any other Sean Cunningham? I guess we got to check some out. I mean, a stranger is watching sounds like a pretty solid idea. Deep Star Six is bad okay it is i don't know if i've ever seen that one it is bad you watch it back to back with a similar movie like leviathan Hmm. and you realize oh wow leviathan is really great and deep star six is like the cheapest roger corman feeling you know leviathan whereas friday the 13th it looks low budget and it feels low budget but it doesn't at the same time (laughs) it feels really professional and like mm-hmm. you said, this movie knows what it's doing. This is not like Friends even 
has more of a professionalism than like Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Where even though it's like this is great, I am scared. This is amazing. You can tell it was like these guys are scraping by on their asses. Right, right. <laughs> no, but I <laughs> whereas mean... Friday the Thirteenth to me feels like these guys have been making movies and they're achieving that cool cheapness. It feels like a a very intentional movie. Yeah. Even the opening pre credits. All right, we open cold open on like uh, the moon, the camp. It's nineteen fifty eight. We all know about the summer of nineteen fifty eight. Yeah. I'm reading it right now. Yeah. We all know it's a bad Perfect. year yeah. to have a summer. I, just, I read 11 <laughs> same year, 58. And uh, But we, we get this, we get the iconic right mm-hmm. off the bat immediately. Yes. But we get a very, uh, we get the character point of view camera, which is something I had to grow on me, actually. I really didn't like that in the beginning when I first saw this movie. Okay. I thought that was a cheap way to do something. Sure. Now, was... now you know. I appreciate it more, <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it's very deliberate how they have this character walking through the sleeping children and not bothering them, and then going after the camp counselors. Yeah, we see the counselors, and they have the classic rendezvous, roll in the hay, and then the point of view stabbings, and then freeze frame close up screaming face. <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth titles coming from the back of the room. <laughs> Slamming into some glass on the title, and it's just like this movie yeah. just grabs you by the throat. It's so amazing. It's you amazing. can tell the whole way through this movie that he is doing that he had just the best ideas that laid out in the perfect way. Like this, this is like uh, you know Guns and Roses coming out with Appetite for Destruction. Oh, right? And it's just like oh shit, have oh. they been just workshopping every one of these songs for like? 10 years? That's what I mean. It feels like Sean Cunningham was 13 years old and he came up with the font, that big block yeah. font of Friday the 13th, and he just had this vision of yeah. it just this smashing through This just felt like such glass. a movie that somebody was born to make. Exactly, like he, yes. knew, he knew everything he wanted in this movie, and it played so... Like, watching it this last time I've seen it, oh, God. I lo- It's another one that I love more and more. And again, I fell out of favor with it just because it's cooler to like six mm-hmm. you know it's cool like four and they're great they're they're arguably campy. the best this movie's not very campy Mm-mm. this movie is pretty straight in its horror yeah and it's a uh, tense kind of build up this stalker who stalks these kids it's, it's the evil dead it's vibe real. where evil dead mm-hmm. to me is a very scary movie uh that first one right it, cheap but very it's very scary and the second one it is you know campier it's bigger mm-hmm. it's it's more mm-hmm. self-assured and the other it's not going for as serious scares whereas the first one goes for scares and yeah the, the other one friday the 13th go for scares but this one is only going for scares there's no jokes there's no campiness there's no uh nodding cliches mm-hmm. winking you know and it's scary man it's intense it's really good it's really good and and i just watched it again and every time I watch it, I get more into not only just the building of the suspense mm-hmm. when suddenly the counselors are kind of disappearing. And Alice <laughs> Alice is our main girl. She's a great she's character. She's a great main girl. Great character. She's complicated. She's got a complicated sexual relationship with the head guy. <laughs> yeah. So you know she's an adult. But she's also seemingly the only, you know, not the only, but the one who really cares and... and mm-hmm. But she's the one who starts noticing that people are not showing up. And, yeah. And just the way it builds around her. And then it really hit me, uh, just the presence of the lake itself in oh, this movie. Oh, sure. Camp Crystal Lake, got to be one of the most iconic names of a location yeah. in movie history. But, man, they really actually make the lake this beckoning thing in this oh, movie. Sure. Which is, dude, really got me the <laughs> last time I watched This is one of those things it. where, like, you don't need to make, like though deep woods any scarier for me like i'm already would be scared scared. if i was just out in the deep woods i've been camping in deep woods and i get scared (laughs) i don't go camping you're not supposed to be out there yeah i'm just gonna stay here i don't want to go camping Mm -hmm. uh and yeah i i'm with you i love the different ways we get i love all the different characters we get in this one i think we got a good collection of folks i I think Alice is one of my favorite final girls. And the rest of the cast, though, is uh, 
Well, at least they all wear really short shorts. Guys and the gals. Yeah. A lot of good guy cut off short action in this one. And a lot of uh, then swimwear on the guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of small swimwear Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. Am I the only one who just never thinks of Kevin Bacon as a Friday the 13th guy? It's amazing, right? Like, I always forget. Kevin Bacon yeah. is in Friday the 13th. But you know what I was just I thinking? always forget him. When I was watching it, it was like, yeah, that's basically the same as Johnny Depp is in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. But I want, that one's always, I even remember like, it's like, oh really? yeah, uh, Jason Alexander's in The Burning. Like I, <laughs> I know all of these other, you know, they're just in my head, these these uh, guys in them. I know. And man. every time I'm like, oh yeah, Kevin Bacon. And uh, he's definitely one that stands out for sure. Look at him, still doing horror movies. Oh yeah. I just saw. Oh, what was that called? You Should Have Left. Oh. It's two thirds of a great movie. It looks weird. Uh the first two thirds, I thought it was great. It mm. was like people are underselling, and then it, then it kind of hit the hit the ground and skidded out in the bottom third. Best but, uh, be- best Kevin Bacon horror movie is Stir of Echoes. Yeah, Stir of Echoes that movie is rules. great. But, but yeah, he's yeah, great. So Kevin in this. Bacon, genre actor Kevin Bacon, apparently. Right. right. Uh, he gets one of those great movie camp swim scenes where he just belly flops oh, harder. Belly- I'm so glad you brought it up. <laughs> than so you've glad ever you brought it up. Seen- <laughs> what this is like when we're getting introduced to our counselors and they're all like uh horsing around they're hanging out it's before you know, the, they're getting it's to know before each the kids other. get there so they're kind of they're kind of coupling off a little bit yeah. uh but you know there's a lot of fun like the counselors are setting up this dock and then they're swimming and kevin bacon just eats it oh man that's a that scene is and that scene actually hit me a different way too because we know that our killer is watching these uh-huh. counselors while they do sure. this. And the one guy fakes his own drowning to get them to rush out to him. And I've never been the uh, fake your drowning for the yucks no, kind of guy. That's a popular movie thing to do is yeah. to fake the drowning. But That's a cool prank for guys to play yeah, on a right? girl that they're later going to sleep with. It's good stuff. But, <laughs> it's uh, a good get. It when you know when you know at the end who is watching them and how that's a triggering uh, effect probably of watching someone drown in that lake. But Kevin Bacon flops so hard. He goes for so like hard. yeah. When so when the guy's drowning, you know, just for just for a leg for pull. shits and giggles. Yeah, to get a kiss. Kevin on Bacon her. does the the really cool guy David Hasselhoff like dock sprint to like really get to your buddy fast and then like the full horizontal in the air pete rose dive in. <laughs> yeah he's charlie hustle out there for sure yeah and so it's just like oh man he's in like the tiny speedo and he's just like aerodynamic as hell and then just soaring and then just <laughs> he just eats it hurt that, like that had to hurt it's like the dive was 80 percent there and then like ran out of gas and he ended up just arms splaying flopping yeah just like dick to the water first oh man oh my god tough <laughs> Who knows whoever said being an actor is. is easy right oh uh. i'd love to talk to him about that flop oh now do you think the girl who played we we, we even glossed over annie our girl at the beginning who we oh, think yeah who we think is going to be our main that's girl a, that's right that's when you said this reminded me of psycho i, I was just now thinking like had that thought mm-hmm. when I was in the theater. Like, why did I think that? Yeah, you get introduced to what, who you think is your main character that you're getting to know. It just has a dream of taking care of kids mm-hmm. at a summer camp. Yeah, you get the really nice, fun glimpse, like too much of a glimpse into her personality and who this yeah. girl is. Like this movie immediately gets you attached to a girl. And I know when I saw it for the first time, even though I knew our ending spoiler, I didn't know something like this. Hmm. I didn't know it was the kind of movie that would dispatch of someone you think's a main character like 15 minutes in. Yeah. And it comes into it. town looking for Camp Crystal Lake because they're going to reopen. She gets the death curse guy coming at her. <laughs> oh, What a harbinger. Right? <laughs> <laughs> gets the best. It's going to death curse. I'm new in town. You'll die here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Crazy Ralph. Oh, yeah. oh Ralph. That guy's great. I do like how it, like people do or people do get pretty annoyed by Ralph. Oh yeah, it is just a, oh, don't listen to Ralph. Don't listen to Ralph, but also listen to also, Ralph. Also, uh, he knows what Ralph's he's talking not about. Way off base. <laughs> it's a death curse. He's great. 
and then yeah, she gets a ride out, and then she meets an untimely end. All uh, yeah, that's what I meant with yeah. The yeah. psycho reference was she's basically Janet Lee. Totally getting taken out. Except at the Janet Lee was a big name. True. It's the, it's more like the Drew Barrymore getting offed in. in oh yeah, Street, there you, you go. Know, that's that a good kind one. of like wow. And we think Annie's our big girl, and uh, yeah, she gets her throat cut. No. And that's when, uh, yeah, I love that's kind of the all bets are off. These people mm-hmm. are already being watched. They're already being acted upon. Like, it goes. And uh, I was into it. Man, I was into it. I'm into this movie more and more every time. Uh, I guess I, I did think of actually the one bit of intentional comedy that I also happen to think is really funny. All right. Hit me with it. The cop coming out there. Oh, the cop. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, something about him just taking out shades and be like, all right, who are you people? Yeah. <laughs> He's great. Call that one guy Cachise, just because he has like a bad mustache. Yeah, right. Oh, well, the yeah, the one kind of guy who's like the class clown is like uh, in a full headdress. Yeah, being Chief uh, Woo Woo, as Can they would say Cachise. in Adam's family. Yeah, and he's like, I th- I told you to sit on it, Tonto. <laughs> at one point, <laughs> but he's great. Yeah, he's like, hey, you're smoking the grass, reefer. Yeah, you're out here. Yeah, so he's total square cop routine that's genuinely funny. It's it felt cr- like a guy they hired just because he could do a bit. They're like, yeah, do your cop bit. It's yeah, funny. And so, but it's feel again. It feels like so he want he knew this. He wanted this. That's what I mean. It's like was that on purpose? That did, did Sean Cunningham or or even you know the guy who wrote it is another guy who's like he you know Victor Miller writes this and his only other credits are like soap operas basically. Yeah. So it's like, did these guys know that we need to insert funny cop real quick, <laughs> or you know, yeah. did these guys, or is it just like did they just keep, they just wanted a funny they kept cop rolling like hard eights like yeah. over and over and like we lucked into it like that can't be that is so that's like the most insulting thing you I don't could know. say right I think some it had to be intentional death curse guy and cop and we get someone we'll talk about later and <laughs> everything adds up you can't just say it's all you get luck. a great. Uh, diner cook, the diner cook, Sandy. We'll talk waitress. about her now. Oh my god! Just an hour in, when things are like really bleak, you get Team this Sandy. You get this respite in a diner with Sandy, who looks like a cartoon character. She's the perfect, seems like, like the nicest one lady. One of those women that again, you look up, has like no credits, and it's like how they just keep luck, like amazing. You know, it's Lustig happening to meet Spiro Rosados. Mm. So many of those incredible stunts in the best Lustig movies. Or like, man, Spiro Rosados is insane. Like, he found a guy to match his ideas, you know? And they just keep, like, <laughs> just dunking these these uh, these basketballs all over this movie. It's, it's insane. Crazy. It's crazy. And it's so good. So you can tell the whole way through, this is very low budget. They know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody was hiding, the sound of their breathing just... Listening to the close closeted breath. Oh, God. It just sounds incredible in this movie. Like the dedication of that kind of sound effect design and in not just making this gore, even though the gore does look red and scary. Whew. Tom Savini. Yeah. We got to right? talk about the fact that a lot so of these So many kills, of his best gore effects. Uh, the Kevin Bacon kill, especially. Oh, yeah. Iconic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, I, I've seen anything an coming out through the front of your throat is so, just a uh, there's gnarly this kill. great feature uh, on one of the Blu-rays uh, of this movie where it's just ten minutes of Tom Savini pulling back the curtain on every kill mm. he did in this movie, and it is him in like a really joyful mood, laughing about just like, oh my god, we were kids, we didn't know how to do any of this stuff, so we did this, uh, you know, and then he goes to explain the arrow through the. Kevin Bacon's neck and shows these great set photos of Kevin Bacon's head, like with his <laughs> fake neck spear apparatus. Right. And it's like Savini's got like five or six super cool kills in this movie. Like this is just a, a convergence of people who knew exactly how to get the most out of basic horror. But it's, it's also a movie that like the kills are gruesome, but also kind of like in Texas Chainsaw where, when you really think about it, you're not seeing that much. And I'm right. thinking of the axe kill in the bathroom with the girl. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you really break it down, shot is girl crying, shot is axe in the air, lamp moves, <laughs> cut to girl already with axe in her face. Yeah. You know, 
pretty obvious effect there. And then, you know, back to the lamp. It's like, that's it. It's the gory next step after Psycho. Yeah. Where you see Norman Bates stabbing a bunch, but you aren't seeing knife pressing into body. Right. Even uh, within our teens, when Pulp Fiction came out, it was regarded as like the most violent movie, you know, like protests. Hmm. People talking about it on Sally Jesse Raphael, about how filthy this movie was and violent. And you see the violent stuff like Bruce Willis cutting a guy with a sword totally off camera. Right. You know, yeah. so much different stuff happening off camera. It's there. Violence is there. You know what's happening. Your brain fills in what's happening, but it's not there. And so it's so impressive, the editing and the cuts that it takes to get to these kind of kills like you're talking about. Working around the practical effects to make them look as real as possible, but not cutting so much that it's obvious we're cutting it because it looks bad right right you know i think the only thing i don't like in the movie is brenda Ooh, okay which one's brenda i gotta look brenda's up brenda because i can never re- remember brenda's these the one who's or any of these kids like talks oh yeah, like yeah a, okay she like looks young but she talks like a mom yes brenda like yeah brenda the was, one who suggests uh, strip monopoly she sounds like such a mom she sounds like a narc She's got my favorite kill, actually. Like her, her final scene is kind of one of my favorite scenes in the movie, where really? she's out on the uh, oh sure the archery range. I mean, in the rain. Yeah. And no, she, I mean, all the kills are great. All the kills are great. But man, strip monopoly, and then she's the person that keeps. So already, you have kids at camp, and others have broken off for camp sex, mm-hmm. and then these are like the other three. And Brenda's idea is like, let's play the board game that will take the longest for anybody here right to get naked i see where you're going with this not only is there only three of them doing this so like yeah who cares right yeah <laughs> just take the clothes off just yeah <laughs> brenda is, it's not a big party do you know how long it takes <laughs> to own properties in monopoly you have to have random chance luck to own a set of three mm-hmm this could take a few hours. And then uh, if you're on Baltic, which is one of the worst properties, you still got to take off the clothes, even if it's not yeah, Broadway. Like, are no, we, how are we dividing the clothes priority? You're getting into up? such a weird set of rules for how to take off your pants <laughs> <laughs> in a yeah, rainy night at camp. It's not this hard, guys. It's like, what are we doing, Brenda? And then when nobody is getting naked, because then he's like, ugh, landed on... Time to take off a shoe. And it's just like, a shoe? A shoe. Oh. One shoe. Not oh, even both geez. shoes. Left, then right. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're wearing less clothes, belly flopping into the lake. And Brenda's saying the worst shit the entire <laughs> time. It's already maddeningly clothed. Yeah. And Brenda is like, I'll see you at the corner avenue of Skin City. <laughs> Right. It's just like, Brenda, what the fuck? Someone just like between their teeth, just like, shut the fuck up. Brenda is ruining all of this. And then you know she's the one, right? She's the one that breaks out the guitar. The one that oh. shouldn't have, just like, ugh. But the strip monopoly. Oh my gosh. Her little like George Burns jokes. Like, all right, Brenda, what are we doing? What are we doing right now? There were several George Burns references. Yeah. The the one guy, Ned, is like, yeah, yeah, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that was no, a that Humphrey was Bogart. Bogey. Yeah, okay, that Humphrey was Bogey. Bogart. It was a that good was... bogey, but in the way that everybody can do bogey, you know. But it's just like back in the 80s, people just in conversation apparently did impressions of people. When's the last time you and I have like <laughs> We do been impressions talk- a lot on this show. <laughs> well, we're on the show. We're talking on the show. But Actually I, but, a lot. But maybe, maybe. In normal conversation. If, I, if we're up on the balcony hanging yeah. out, I'm not going, uh, hey, it looks nice out there today. Uh, what eh? a beautiful night. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you're, not, you're not doing like a bogart or like a... Charlie's workshop in the WC Fields. I mean, yeah, uh, impression. exactly. No, it's been beaten out of me. No one, you, no one wants to hear that. So listeners, you have it. our assurance. Any impressions you hear on this show, like past favorites such as Donald Pleasance and Bill Paxton, have no work put into them whatsoever. We are, don't work on these. They're on the spot. Maybe. They are on the spot. We're without a net when it comes to our impressions. And that's how that's we like our it. promise. That's how we like it. But Brenda, jeez. I know. Ah. 
What are you going to do, man? She calls it grass. <laughs> oh, yeah. When she's like, I could go for smoking some grass. She's like, a narc. Ugh. So she's a narc is what, is what we're thinking. She is, she is the biggest she's like, narc. Hello, fellow children. Yeah. She's like the guy you go to buy like your ecstasy from in the park, and they're wearing just like baggy jean shorts and a hockey jersey, but has like a cop mustache. Mm-hmm. Like, Who is this guy? Who's this 45-year-old selling E? No. No. And that's Brenda, the whole time. Like, who's yeah. hiring her as a count? Ugh, the kids, had they not all been murdered, these counselors. I know. The Poor kids guys. that got stuck with Brenda. <laughs> Would have been a tough summer anyways, <laughs> Hey, right? kids, not only is there a murderer on the loose, you're bunking with Brenda. You pulled Brenda. Woof. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Mom, come pick me up. How important, Brenda, we can bury her. (laughs) Just like how the archery field did. How important was the Harry Manfredini score? Oh, the score. The scores for... That is... Just as iconic. That is one of the best, my favorite parts of the whole franchise. Mm -hmm. I love all the scores. All the way through, like, deep cut Friday the 13th. I think they've nailed the score and the sound of these movies. And it doesn't get any better than the first one which is such that cool use of minimalist music to make a cool score like totally different sound but assault on precinct 13 Mm. that's a short loop that carpenter uses that then goes on to inform the rest of his sound for the next 20 years but that doom 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 carpenter he milked that and he made that like what's probably a total 20 minute score he made that fill an entire movie with cool themes and callbacks. And that's what Harry Manfredini does here. But it has such an, you know, you you keep mentioning Psycho, like a Bernard Herrmann use of strings and those kind of sounds. I was just going to say, yeah, it's it's very much the classic kind of strings. And then, you know, low, high, low, high, keeping you on edge. A great the version stings, of that. The musical stings mm-hmm. that hit. For a when, thing when these that has happen. been hit by so many different horror movies. Ooh, nothing like hearing this. If you've seen this movie in a theater, you know, with good sound, this little cool string minimalist score is just like it's art. And the way it's used is very effective. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, this movie is not afraid to have long periods of silence too. Oh. And then hit you with the music right as the action starts. It's well, very that's why effective. The, the, like I said earlier, the sound editing, sound design is mm-hmm. so great in this one. And for all I know, he's gone back and even touched that up at some point, you know? And so now the versions in, that play at Revival Houses are like, like they've done the cleaned up Evil Dead. Yeah. You know, and the kind of newly scored Evil Dead. I'm not saying that's what Manfredini did, but I'm sure some of these sound cues and other things, like, I'm sure we're seeing that the movie the best it's ever looked and sounded, and it makes it even better. It's so great. It genuinely might be my favorite one. Uh, and I'm sure the next time I watch two or four or six, then that'll be my <laughs> favorite one. Yeah, yeah. I always pinball between those, but this is so good. I am blown away. Like, like I said, I think it all goes, always goes out of fashion at some point within your own fandom. And then it comes rushing back. Well, like, I, yeah, like for me, again, it's like I had seen so many of the other more outrageous ones by the time I actually saw this first one. Because right. I had definitely seen like part six before this or part whatever before this. Yeah. Finally catching up. Yeah. Probably. In <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw like the 3D one. So when you finally watch this one after all those, it is so simple and cheap. And I, I definitely dismissed it more. Has been like, eh, you know, just not as campy or fun. Yeah. But then when you really let it sit with you, and when you really kind of watch it in a dark room by yourself, uh-huh. you know, it, it's very good. Well, I would say Evil Dead 2 has more, you know, of a big cult following than Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. But when I watch the two of them, like, I like Evil Dead. Evil Dead scares me. It's, it scares me. <laughs> and Friday the 13th scares me. Mrs. Voorhees scares people. Yeah. What do you think of you the know, ending? What do you, do you like that? Uh, I like it's Mrs. The mom, Voorhees reveal. Betsy twist. Palmer is, is kind of like an off-putting woman for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes her kind of perfect for Mrs. Voorhees. Absolutely. Especially seeing her up on a big screen. Like, she's got these kind of, like, smoke-stained big teeth and, like... 
crazy eyes you know she was a just like we you know we talked about how much we loved the sheree north performance in uh maniac sure, cop sure like an actually acclaimed actress and popular tv personality at a certain point now doing just like you know, more of the dregs. Well, she was very busy in the 50s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and, this then, is... and then all of a sudden her career goes like 59 and then 68, 72, 80. Yeah, she probably, Friday the 13th. She probably had a family. So, you know? Yeah. And then comes back and does Friday the 13th. I think it's good. And I think the as much as the Jason story makes sense, uh, that I think her, her reason for being a crazed psycho makes sense to her. Mm-hmm. And I like the use of her. I think she's really good in the role. She uh, she moves bodies really impressively. She's a strong woman. Strong woman. Strong, powerful woman. Throws a, a kid tied up in thick rope through a window at one point. Yeah. And somehow like, then sprints to a Jeep about a half mile away and to arrive for this her woman's like, entrance. When I watch my episodes of Murder, She Wrote, and it shows like <laughs> Jessica Fletcher like running in a jogging suit in the intro, and I'm like, she's keeping in shape. Like, right? I'd love to know. see the montage of Voorhees just like running through these backwoods like she's Jodie Foster and Silence of the Lambs. Oh, <laughs> her, like yeah, Quantico exactly. training. She's like, got I like see a Betsy, Linda Hamilton Yeah, thing I want to see her right? just throwing herself over log ridges and, you know, yeah. Want to see her Linda Hamilton routine? Because she's wearing just kind of like a uh, mom sweaters, big mom sweater, <laughs> like yeah, mom sweater, and then and the mom, mom hair, haircut. yeah, yeah, that mom helmet. She's got the uh, the, and, the the woman from Crowhaven Farm. Uh, her oh her, yeah, the Hope uh, Lang, mom, Hope Lang hair. Hope Lang had hers more in a a, a curled swoop. Okay, more Betsy of a swoop. Palmer's hair is just more curly. True, true, true. Uh, but the same kind of design for each of their respective hairstyles. <laughs> um, but her, I don't know, she's so unsettling for me just because of that look on her face and how her face looks. And I think she's really effective. Also, I think she's carried in some parts by Alice. Mm-hmm. I think the Alice performance is so good. Adrian King's performance is one of my favorite yeah, women you, horror performances. It really struck me the last time watching it just now this week was how good that final chase is after you yeah. find out it's the mom, mm-hmm. the, this Mrs. Voorhees. Man, there's a scene where Alice is in the pantry or something with all the light coming through the slats in the door. Yeah, great look. And the movie knows just to hit that focus close, you know, close up on her with the doorknob behind her. Mm-hmm. Just like can't get more classic than that. No, no, no. It's it's also good and and yeah, it it gave me that same feel that final stretch of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm. which is just running and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> it's that woman just screaming for 15 plus minutes. And you get a different kind of of scared, different kind of terror here. Kind of a cat and mouse uh-huh. at the end and, for sure. Cuz it is frantic and it is scary and it's not screaming, it's this like you know, the opposite where you have to run and be silent. And it's an old woman. And there's some pretty right. good spills for both of them where mm. I, I couldn't really determine the stunt person or not. But it looks like, man, Palmer's taking some bumps out there. <laughs> All right. You know, they're falling around. They're getting like both dirty. Of them, yeah. You know, uh, I don't, again, I'd love to see how she hangs a man's body over a door. <laughs> or up in a tree up in a tree so it swings in front of yeah, you at just the right there, time she had to huck that just, body up there yeah and uh, <laughs> through the window <laughs> great shots all th- done by a little old lady mm-hmm. and uh but i like her just wrestling around with adrian like man it's feeling like gritty yeah they're they're uh it's like a point seven on the they live scale you right. know it's approaching they tussle for they sure. tussle though oh, it's yeah. a good tussle absolutely but God, yeah. So I'm I'm into the final kill. I'm into how long it's taking. Like the movie is the movie has me the whole way. I'm way into this movie outside of Brenda. Way into it. And all then the, all of it. That female strength, Alice finds it. Dude. With one of my favorite all time <laughs> killer game kill yeah. kills. I love that they went for it. It's so good. Just the hacking the head right off in one swing. It had Holy been cow. such a slow burn up to that point. Because it's like, all right, we clubbed her. She's yeah, not moving. Right? They're moving again. You know, and it's like <laughs> we have so many of these stop and starts. And then finally, it's just this one big whap. Machete. 
Oh yeah, machete sales went up so hard in the eighties. <laughs> after this, you Plus know you it. Get, you like, get... Machete's slogan was like, "Get the job done." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a still on Voorhees' head, just coming right <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, it just goes. It's such a like. Oh man, they're just like hitting each other with like woman paddles fists and stuff. Just yeah. like ah, like yelling at each other's faces and pulling at each other's shirts, and then just thump. Oh, with like the man hands sticking up around <laughs> oh, <yeah>. the <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> the dude wearing the head on his shoulders. Like, oh, yeah. but a good looking head. I like it. Good looking head here. Good prosthetics in this movie. Really great practical effects. There's a reason Savini's the, you know, the king. Mm-hmm. Like, phew. Like this and Maniac, oh. you know, were the same year. Well, and then I think the scariest moment of the film, mostly Savini and the score comes at the very end. Oh, man. I mean, is that maybe the, the Jason coming out of the lake? Yeah. It, that's got to be the most iconic jump scare, like, of all time. Probably. Yeah. Like, that's it. You that's get the top. To, it does make... It's going to open up a lot of conversation in future Friday the 13th episodes to come about just who is Jason? What the anyway, hell's going on there? this... What's the deal with Jason, yeah. guys? We need to talk about Jason. We do. And so... Not today, though. Not today. Not as much. Too much going on there. When I had seen this movie in the theater, uh, I think I've only seen it once. But that shot after Alice has finally vanquished her foe and things finally have stopped. She's already run into every other dead body that mm-hmm. swung out at her from booby traps. And she's just drawn to go out into the lake for some reason. Like I don't that... know where I would go, man. What would you do at that point? Where would you feel comfortable the most after going through what she went through? Oh, I think I'd look for some car keys and get back to town. True, yeah, once it was daylight. <laughs> but like... I don't know. I think it was obviously, obviously the trauma, right? You know, yeah. Well, it's one of those there, things but... where, you know, I've never been chased through a house. And I think about it as it's happening in a movie. Absolutely. And I was like, what would I do? Would I just purposely back into a corner so I know nothing could sneak up on me, but then I'm exposed? Like, I don't have a strategy. She's probably also not, like, eager to go tell the cops, I just cut a lady's head off. <laughs> yeah. With one swing, by the yeah. way. That last one, that's that's on yeah, me. What, yeah, how, that's me. What sucks is she's so traumatized that she doesn't get to do the, like, yeah, one swing. <laughs> I'd never done it before. I'd never done I didn't know it would do. It easily, I wouldn't know how much, exactly. you know. 12 hours ago, I was putting gutters up. Yeah. One swing, maybe a, maybe two dozen swings. I won't. I don't know what it would have taken before I just did it in a once. Whack. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't have cut that head cleaner off. <laughs> she was Zatoichi out there, just boom. Voorhees, strong body, weak neck. Yeah, weak neck. Yeah, in the she Voorhees needed family. to do more of her bridges. <laughs> weak neck on the Voorhees clan. But oh man, so out in the middle of the lake, yeah. But that shot that Cunningham mm. sets up of just the serene daylight Crystal Lake, you know, that... That, ooh, that lake is crystal. Crystal. The the Looks reflection beautiful. on that lake. The gore, It was like giving me those shining vibes mm. where that beautiful opening shot of uh, Kubrick's where you can see those gorgeous picturesque reflections. And then you realize, oh, also that's the real thing right there. It's so mirror beautiful. Yeah. And there's that same, ooh, that line right through the middle at Cunningham frames perfectly. And you're just getting these beautiful autumn, you know, golden yellows and oranges all reflected against the lake. And then a mentally retarded moss-covered boy jumps out of it of nowhere. What's his deal? Where's he been? Out of nowhere, man, with her sleeping on the canoe and he just... With some kind of a grunting roar yeah. and just the spike of the strings all at once, just lunging at her from under yeah, yeah. the lake. I th- I'd like to think it's not a dream. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think it, it, I think I'd have to pu- think about what I'd want it to be most. The cop at the end says they pulled her out of the lake, so she mm-hmm, definitely mm-hmm. went out to the lake. And just because they found no boy doesn't yeah. mean he wasn't there. I mean, maybe Jason died in the lake and just never even got... The body recovered. Sure. But maybe he's just in the lake trying to call someone out to him to you, get that. I mean, it's one. It's very think, Lynchian if you, you get there. Do you think he's it, a swamp thing? 
I think he is. I think he was maybe manifested from the trauma that Alice went through and was born again as this supernatural. This is like, being this is like a Cronenberg kind in the of thing. Lake. Oh, absolutely. I think it's like a man. If you want to go out there, I think like it's... like a physical manifestation of your. You know, that's like the brood, mm-hmm. where you are doing these. Fi- her mother's stress is coming out in these goblin children i think producing this horror into the world i like to think i like to go there with i've not i've never thought of jason as being a horror manifestation of trauma but this is uh i am into this idea something there i'm into it we'll get into it more yeah we'll we'll have plenty of time to delve into jason lore yeah yeah we're gonna do more of these once we get to jason goes to hell oh (laughs) this is good i can't we so we're just a couple of days away from the Friday the 13th. Yeah, the big F. Which means three. we're going to do another random draw every every Friday the 13th in the basket. Is there one that you're hoping for? Because if that would lead to another episode. Uh, is there one I'm hoping for? Well, We won't, we won't know what it's going to be until we're about to watch it. I would say so. I'm hoping for two so we get a chronological order going here. Okay. Um, I'm hoping for one of the shitty ones. I... You know, <laughs> it's been a long time actually Hoping since I've like seen five. X. I haven't seen five okay. in forever. I haven't seen X in forever. Yeah, I'm okay with X. Honestly, anyone but Jason goes to hell. Really, that would be your least. It's funny because that is th- that one kill is maybe my favorite in the tent, but that is the shittiest movie. <laughs> it's really bad. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. I don't. No. Was I don't the, like the direction they took. Jason was that in. the last time you went over to Bobby's? Yeah, it was, was like Bobby. It? Did no, that no, no, kill no, it? No. Yeah. It's like Bobby, thanks, but what the fuck? You man? blew it, Bobby. <laughs> we had a good thing, Bobby. I'm never going to bring you up yeah. in any future episodes. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. We're never going to do our Chasers episode <laughs> <laughs> with Tom Berenger, maybe. Who's in that one? I don't even remember. Can we get Bobby on for our Chasers episode? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't talked to Bobby. What's going to be a weird contact? <laughs> Sue. Have I got a surprise for you, Charlie? <laughs> Guess what? This is your life. Guys, Bobby's dead. Oh, no. Moving on. I think we came to this. It definitely came to I this. I am such a fan of this movie. Oh, my God. If you have somehow not seen this movie ever... Or have been one of those people that are very cool and likes other other sequels to this movie better. Go back and check out what The King does right. Mm-hmm. Every single thing about it except Brenda is an <laughs> absolute <laughs> knockout. Brenda is one of the biggest tragedies in movie history. She got a bad, bad ending that she maybe didn't deserve. But if Brenda was the only one that would have gotten it... <laughs> Camp would have still opened. I think so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we still would have gone on. But yeah, check out the original. See why it spawned this empire. Yeah, and why it deserved to spawn this dozen movie empire. It really holds up. It does. Like It truly holds up. For a movie that's now 40 years old. Yeah. That's crazy. That was thought of as just trash at the time. (laughs) You know? There's so much of what I find enthralling about horror that is done absolutely excellently by this movie it's one of the best it deserves the franchise that it spawned there you go yeah it came to this i'm eric i'm charlie thanks for listening good night